Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are, right here in Australia. It is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio, and you are on this morning with Lyle and... Mon and Lyle, you might actually be in a plane right now. Yes, I'm not here. Yeah, you're, you're not, you're not I, here. I sound like I'm here, but I am not here. <laughs> God willing, I am not here. You are listening, dear listener, to the delayed broadcast, uh, which means we recorded this possibly yesterday, maybe even the day before that, or even last week. Last month, last year. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> and, uh, and Lyle, on this, this day that you could be listening to it, is actually gone to America. Yes. Where we will miss him. Um, hmm. But you don't need to I'm worry. Miss, I'm going to miss you guys. Yeah, but don't stress, dear listener. You can actually jump across to the live show where everything is happening live and up to date and on the day that it actually is, whatever day it is right now for you. Um, you can just jump across. It's super easy. Two ways of doing it. First one, mm-hmm. go to the website, faithfm.com.au, press play on the live stream. What's the other one? Tune in app. That's right. The tune in app. I like it super even better. Doofy. It's simpler. It's so easy. Just download the free version. Just tap the icon and away it goes. Yeah. Search for Faith FM Australia and uh, Bob's your uncle. Yeah, you got the free version. It will play one ad. But it only plays one ad. So yeah. you can, I can yeah. live with that. Yeah. And then you can play it. plays the ad and then, the, and then away it goes and just run through your, uh, through your car stereo, through your headphones, through your speakers on your phone or your tablet or whatever you want to do. It's definitely the best way to go. But coming up on today's show, Mon does something super disgusting. Yeah, Lyle does more of it. <laughs> <laughs> we had a bean juice challenge. Yesterday, Lyle challenged me to make bean juice to juice beans, and I challenged him to drink it. And uh, so this morning, he'd forgotten about it, and I yeah, turned no, up to no, work no, with I, a jug full of bean you juice. You always misstate this. No, I don't you misstate nothing. You always misstate Don't this. misstate nothing. I challenged you to make bean to have <laughs> some bean juice. Uh-huh. To make some bean juice and then come here in the morning and drink it on the radio, and then you spun it around. So and I, I challenged you to drink it as well. It, 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 so I, we I both drunk it. Lyle drunk a lot more though. But do you know what? Yeah, Don't stress. Mon is a you wuss. <laughs> Mon is publicly going to be a wuss on radio. Today. I very heavily am a wuss. I don't care. It means I don't have to drink bean juice. It tastes like dog food. Anyway, you can actually check that out on our. <laughs> you can check out the results of that on our, our Instagram. We have um, a live story which we've saved to our archive, so it's forever watchable. Lyle and Mon drinking juiced beans. Uh, our Instagram handle is FaithFM Live, all one word, lowercase. Uh, but we do have a great show coming up. We have giveaways we and really prizes. Stories. Yeah, we have some important stories. We have a wonderful guest interview talking about the upcoming issue of Signs um, magazine. So it's a great, great show today. And the Catholic Church doing good things in Africa. Indeed. And we have a wonderful good news story about a law-breaking doctor. Mm. There you go. Stay, Stay tuned. tuned.
Welcome back, everybody. We were just uh, listening to... What were we listening to? We were listening to... That was to Eric and Monique. Oh, yeah, of course it was mm. with Everlasting. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, okay, so very quickly, as we're getting started into our next section right now, we're going to have our quiz clue, and then Mon is oh, going yeah. to share with us a positively different story. The quiz today is a what oh, am I, I quiz. Hear. There you are. Okay. What just book am I? There for a second. The first clue is this. Are you ready? Mm. You hang on the edge of your seat. Mm. Okay. There are more references to demons in this book than any other book in the Bible. In fact, 23 times. If you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number. That's 1-800-324-843. Well, I'm going to go with a... 
gospel as a guess, but that would be a guess. Mm-hmm. You don't know the answer, do you? I got it narrowed down to one of two, I reckon. I like it when you have that blank look on your face. I'm not blank. Although right now that the blank look is sort of mixed with a bit of fear <laughs> because you're staring at oh, this thing well, because you've got a positively different story that you're going to share with us first, right? Well, yeah, but I kind of want to see you drink bean juice first. <laughs> I just kind of want to see you just fill up the next 10 minutes talking about positively different radio. No, I think you should drink bean juice first. Okay, Mon, yeah. you need to understand something. What's that? This is Faith FM. Positively different <laughs> breakfast radio, and this is not a positive experience. So I don't think we should. I, I just don't think we should. Do Lyle, this. you have to understand. You're the one that's on the juice. You have diet, to understand. This was your idea. No, it was <laughs> not my it idea. Was your idea. I'm going to tell you the most amazing story. I actually really am excited about this story. This is an incredible story. This is a doctor. He broke the law, right, to engineer a better nursing home, and since he did that, death rate has plummeted. So, what did he do that was illegal? Do you want to have a guess? Um, I'm blank. I've got nothing. Okay. So, he's a, he's a physician. Um, he used to work in a stressful nurse, um, emergency room and then he transferred to being the medical director of a nursing home mm-hmm. and uh, and he just found the environment was so depressing and regimented. It just He decided to, he's going to somehow change the resident's conditions. This is what he did. Even though it was illegal at the time, based on a hunch... He brought in two dogs, four cats, hens, rabbits, a hundred parakeets, a multitude of plants, a flower garden, and a vegetable patch. Nice. That's what he introduced to the nursing home. And as a result, there was a 50% drop in medical prescriptions, along with a dramatic decrease in death rates. And of course, more importantly, the residents were simply happier. And uh, he named this approach. Um, he named this approach the Eden Alternative, and, uh, and you know, it, which sort of made uh, the the whole nursing home a bit more autonomous and, and more of a creative space for the elderly to live. Um, you know, it gives them a purpose as well because they're looking after animals, they're looking after you know the flowers and the plants and stuff. He's written a couple of books about this now. Um, he also created like small, independently run residences where the people can have like their own bedroom and bathroom. And he calls them green houses. And, um, and he said one of the most remarkable things that within six weeks of introducing this scheme, they had to send a truck around to pick up all the wheelchairs. Oh, you've got to be mm, joking. Because people were just so excited at being alive again and they were just, you know, up and walking Okay, around. so he had... Two dogs, three cats. Two dogs, four cats, a bunch of hens, rabbits, a hundred parakeets, and a multitude of plants, a flower garden, and a vegetable patch. And he just put them to work? He just brought them in. Yeah. Yeah. Gave and them purpose, put them to work. Yep. You are now responsible for... Da, 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 uh-huh. you to work and they stopped garden. dying. They stopped dying. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that amazing? Why is that illegal? Why, how can that be- possibly at, be at illegal? At the time... Oh, we're going to save lives. That's illegal. At what? the time, it was illegal to bring animals into nursing homes. And he was like, not going to break the law. Good and idea. I think that's a great idea. I think it's a fantastic <laughs> idea. And I think it's a, it's a good, uh, another good argument for why we should have pets and I'm going to go buy a dog right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> you have, you have, uh, you have purpose, Mon. Your purpose is to drink bean juice this morning. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Okay, let's do this. I'm going to stir it up. So for those of you who would like to see, you can check out, I'm going to, I'm going to live stream this. Um, you can check out our Instagram, which is, what's our handle again, Lyle? Uh, Faith FM, whatever. Faith FM Live. Faith FM Live, yep, that's yep, right. That uh, so just in case you're uh, wondering what on earth bean, ju- bean juice looks like, bean juice, 
I'm actually pretty suspicious that if I just added some salt and garlic, this would taste just like hummus. <laughs> because it looks like very liquid. Well, maybe hummus. you should add salt and ha- should have added I salt bought and some herbamir. I bought some herbamir salt with me, Lyle, so don't stress. Now, I'm really hoping this doesn't make us, you know, geishas. But um, <laughs> you do have a 14 hour flight ahead of you. So I'm going to fill you up a cup here. This is butter beans that I've used to make this, Lyle. Um, so what I did was this morning, I put in a tin without. The the, uh, the liquid from the tin just to see what would happen and it nothing it yielded no juice because it was too dry mm-hmm. and so I had to stick the liquid in so, so, so you can sort of start to see it's got a little bit of froth happening there so you can sort of get that idea of what you were talking about yesterday where it will turn into a, like a what is it, a macaroon kind of thing what do they call that thing? yeah macaroon like the meringue meringue you can get the um if you whip just the water from a tin of beans what does it taste like <laughs> he's screwing up his face Come on, is it that bad? Don't scare me. I have to do this now too. Okay, okay. Here we go. Oh, oh that's disgusting. It's not that bad. Come on, come on. Where are you going for seconds? <laughs> it tastes revolting. It tastes like something like, I don't even want to say. Let me put some salt in yours. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Why are you drinking it? <laughs> Does it look any good? Let me stir some salt in. So herbamere is a mixture of uh, salt and all kinds of uh, dried vegetables. <laughs> how did how did we how did we get onto this yesterday? You what? challenged me to drink bean juice. I don't know why? how we got why? there. Why? Why? Where did? How did we get there? I can't remember now. What? What? I don't. I don't know how we got there, but I do know that this is the weirdest juice I've ever made, without a shadow of a doubt. Okay, stirring in some delicious salt. Does it taste like hummus? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like hummus. I can't believe you're drinking the whole cup. The whole He's downing the whole cup. I wonder if you're going to have any sort of health <laughs> issues after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please jump online and watch our live video. This is so funny. Okay. Mm. <sighs> It is mildly better with salt, but not much. Marta, can we have a uh, glass of water in here by any See, chance? I'm really cruel. I purposely didn't bring you a glass of water because I thought, you know what? Let's <sighs> let him sit there and savour the flavour. Oh, you bought yourself a glass of water, I, I see. I brought my water bottle in. <laughs> oh, my uh, goodness. Okay, that was our bean juice experience. You, do you regret that was now? D- just decidedly... <clears throat> Unusual experience. It was actually really difficult to to find any sort of recipe. I had to wing it because I did um, I did Google bean juice and everything that comes up is coffee or aquafaba related. So, <sighs> <laughs> oh, Mon, what are we what are we talking about next? Let's please change the subject. This is making my eyes water. <laughs> By the way, if you have any great juice recipes, let us know because we would love to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe make them sometime. This is like, like a whole can of beans in three gulps. A whole can of beans in three gulps. No, that. Well, maybe that was two two cans, and you and it did. Ha- that was about. Was well, there five- a reason you did two cans? Yeah, because the first can wasn't enough. I'm sure it was plenty enough. <laughs> no, because I I just I put the first beans in through uh, without actually using um 
uh, any, any of the liquid from the can. And so it just ended up being really dry. If you watch the Insta story, you'll see that nothing, like nothing comes out. It's just like, it comes out like powder, but it comes on the, on the wrong okay. side. <coughs> now you will remember that the deal was that if I drank it, you would have to drink it too. So now I've finished my glass. So no, down we, it goes. No, no, that was the no. deal. That was We never the specified deal. amounts. We have that on record. We never specified. Yeah, we have exactly. Yeah. We have on record that we uh, never specified we amounts. Specified that P.S. You challenged me to make it, not to drink it. <laughs> No. Yes, and I challenge no. you to drink it. I so there you, you go. Have, I challenge you to have bean juice this morning. <laughs> and so I've drunk an entire glass. If I can drink an entire glass, we need I want to I wanna see you down an entire glass. I'm not, one. I'm not drinking the entire glass because I'm going to save it for people who might drop around and, and want some. Yeah. Okay, I've got what some. Else? I've got some other good news. Mm-hmm. So there was um, there's a young football team. They're on, on the yeah. You're a wuss. I'm not a wuss. I made juice at silly o'clock this morning and I drank some and that was the deal. I'm not drinking the whole class at all. <laughs> You're a okay. wuss. Wuss. Actually, do you know what? I don't think we have time for this story. It's huh. only got 40 seconds. But let me tell you quickly. So there was a young football team. They were on their way home from winning a game last weekend and uh, and they came across a car accident. Um, an SUV had flipped over on the road in front of them and the entire team, who they were all 13 years or younger, by the way, oh. including the coach, they <coughs> ran over. And the whole team um, flipped the car back upright so they could get the couple that was inside um, to get them out. They were trapped inside and they, yeah, they managed to free them. So amazing, mm. amazing yeah. work. Fantastic. Great teamwork right there. Unlike uh, what we have here where Mon refuses to drink her bean juice. I drunk it and I have video evidence because I'm live streaming this. Anyway, this is Sarah Sample with I Need Thee Every Hour. And I, I need some juice right now, some happy juice, not this bean stuff.
Welcome back, everybody. That was Sarah Sample with I Need Thee Every Hour. Do we have another clue for our quiz, Mon? Yes, we do. <coughs> Sorry, my mouth feels so violated. Oh, come on. Such it's a just a revolting. Okay. okay, so we're getting some encouragement on our Facebook page for Mon to finish her glass of bean juice. So she might need a little bit more. So keep that encouragement coming in. If encouragement comes in the form of cash, then sure, I'll drink it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what book am I? Second clue. This book was written after its author had investigated everything from the beginning. Oh, investigative author. If you think you know the answer, give us a call. The number is... Just slapping down some spare change. Cash in front on of the me. table, right there. <laughs> Cash on the table. Drink it down. You've given me what two dollars and eighty cents, Lyle. I want like a note. I want, <laughs> I want, I want to see bills. Don't give me. Don't give me no. Marta, do you have a five dollar note out there? <laughs> no, no, our producer is not going to come in here with any money right now. <laughs> if you think you know the answer to our quiz, give us a call. The number is one eight hundred Faith FM. That's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. You can text me zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you're already on Facebook, pestering me to drink a glass of bean juice, then you can even message me the answer on Facebook. What book am I? It's one of the books of the Bible. There's another clue for you. Well, there you go. Okay, so, Mon, guess what? Did you know that the Democratic Republic of the Congo, uh, or large portions of it, have just been placed under interdict by the Roman Catholic Church? What? Yeah. Do you know what interdict is? No, it's been my next question. What does that even mean? Okay, so interdict works a little bit like this. Um, if a country is under interdict... Um, none of the sacraments can be performed in that particular country or that locality. So this time there's uh, about 60,000 square miles that have been uh, marked off and placed under interdict. And if the sacraments can't be performed, the idea behind it is Mm -hmm. that if the sacraments can't be be performed, then nobody within that area can be saved. Oh, that's mean. And so in the past, this has been used in a political manner. It sounds like it's some sort of spiritual pol- blackmail. Political coercion. Yeah, it's blackmail. Yeah. Um, and primarily used, you know, back in the uh, 11, 1200s, 1300s, um, pretty much that era. Um, <coughs> there was one case, I think, in the United States uh, where there was a church in 1955 that was placed under interdict because they wouldn't let black people into the church. And so the Catholic Church was like, okay, fine, if you won't let black people in there, you can all go and. Burn eternally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to put it nicely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, DRC, under interdict right now. Wow, weren't you supposed to be and, and I think it's a really good thing. Okay. Why? Okay, because this is not a politically motivated interdict. Mm-hmm. What's the reason? Okay, so Ebola is broken out and Ooh. the sacraments involve physical touch, many of them. And this is a uh, partial interdict. I don't know whether you can even really call it an interdict as such uh, because um, they have banned any sacraments that involve physical touch. Oh, I see. Okay. And so um, (coughs) uh, baptism is out, confirmation is out, ordination is out, and anointing is out, um, and communion that takes place hand, uh, now takes place hand to hand, not hand to mouth. And there's no handshakes or hugs allowed in church. Wow. And there's a bucket of water and soap at the door to the church before people come in. So they can wash themselves, but they all share the one bucket. Probably well, if you pour idea. the water out of the bucket, it's probably not such a bad thing. If you are washing in the same bucket, then that would be a disaster. True, so I true. guess the idea would be to pour the water out of the bucket to wash your hands. 
Um, so yeah, this is um, this is a very progressive move by the Catholic Church and something that I totally support, mm-hmm. where they have uh, looked past the traditions of the past that have stated that it is necessary for the sacraments to be performed in a specific way in order for salvation to take place. So this is not necessarily uh, blackmailing. This is actually a move to this help sanitation. Health. This is yeah. public health move. Okay, to protect yeah. the people. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's good. there's nothing to do with the interdict or what we would commonly know as interdict as mm-hmm. it was used in the past. Um, <coughs> it is a uh, um, an effort to stop the spread of the Ebola outbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time Ebola uh, broke out in this particular part of the world, there was uh, 28,600 people that were infected. And Ooh. out of those that were infected, there was 11,300 that died. Whoa. And so they and, – and part of this effort by the Catholic Church, of course, is to educate people because if people are coming to church and suddenly things that they are used to doing, mm-hmm. they are not allowed to do, it's sending out a message of, okay, this is how you're going to stay safe. Mm-hmm. You're going to stay safe by not touching each other, by washing your hands regularly um, because, of course, Ebola is spread um, by body fluids touching and opening in the skin. Mm-hmm. So any kind of body fluid, whatever it might be, touching an opening in the skin um, will spread Ebola. And, of course, it's spreading quite rapidly there right now. And, of course, the other big problem with Ebola is that it spreads from animals to humans. Mm-hmm. And this is a part of the world where there is you know, a lot of people um, eating the local animals. Yeah. Um, and... And, you know, and of course, that's a very, very simple and easy way of, you know, infection. So, you know, monkeys and bats and these kind of things that are a part of the diet over there can uh, can spread Ebola very rapidly. And so the Catholic Church has taken this stand. They have uh, – it's a, it, it's a good stand because in my mind, it also communicates that salvation is by faith. Mm. You know, it's not about – the physical acts of Absolutely. what we do, yep. it's by faith. Mm-hmm. And this is not a stand that has been taken by the Catholic Church in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this is a very positive move. And the Catholic Church should be congratulated for placing the Democratic Republic of the Congo or portions thereof under interdict. <laughs> it's, it's not a real interdict. I know. But yeah, um, but yeah it is a good move. And I, I, I applaud it as well. It's, it's a good move to, to try and keep your congregation <laughs> safe, to keep your, I guess, your staff safe, and then, you know, and then a country as a whole, you know, yeah. to keep them safe. In other news, the, uh, in Israel, they have just opened a museum of natural history, which I would actually really like to go and see, because Israel is not one of those parts of the world where you typically think of lions, crocodiles, bears, leopards, and cheetahs, do you? No. But they all used to live there. Oh, really? Yes. The last bear was killed in 1916 in Israel. Oh, sad. And the last cheetah in 1911. Why'd they kill them? Just, you know, collecting the skins and stuff? Yeah, I don't really know. Back of, back then, of course, you know, extinction of um, various species and so forth wasn't the issue that it is today. Mm. And probably pest control. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's why David killed a lion and a bear when, you know, before he became king was mm-hmm. um, pest control. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that was what was happening. I don't know. But uh, yes, it's an ultra-modern arc-shaped building. Arc. Ooh. Well, it kind of goes with yeah, Israel, doesn't it? it does, yeah. But the interesting thing, the kind of contradiction is you've got an arc-shaped building where the top floor is devoted to the evolution of the human species. Are you serious? Yeah, I was kind of... In Israel? Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought that was interesting. It seems to be a bit of a contradiction to place that kind of thing inside of an arc. Yeah. As, as, arc yeah, kind of, really... ask-esque mm-hmm. kind of building. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's uh, as it is. Now, of course, more than 20% of schools in Israel do not teach evolution at all. Um, so even though Israel is a very secular nation, uh, the education system is um, quite religiously controlled. Mm-hmm. And so they actually placed all of the evolutionary history of Israel, the supposed evolutionary history of Israel, on the top floor so that people could choose whether they went there or not. They put mm-hmm. it all in one place and uh, that way people can choose whether they go and see that or not. Yeah, it's not a bad idea really if you're going to have um, evolution. I think that the theory of evolution um, should not be hidden. Um, I think it's something we should talk about and we should understand because only by understanding the theory can you debunk the theory. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You've got to, you know, any 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 form of science should be investigated. We shouldn't mm-hmm. we shouldn't close our eyes off and block our ears to anything. Um, everybody should have the opportunity to study whatever they want, even though you know I'm a, a, a devout and avowed six day creationist, mm-hmm. and, and I mm-hmm. think that the evidence is much has a much clearer interpretation um, within that particular model. Amen. And lastly, one more story to finish off with. Yeah. In Queensland, Mm -hmm. there was a woman who was just being arrested for riding her horse while drunk. Yes. Rode it through a a bottle um, drive-thru. And, of course, that happened here in Newcastle some years ago. There was a man who um, recognised that he couldn't drive drunk, so it's legal, of course, to ride a horse on any street. So he rode his horse to the pub and uh, got tanked and then uh, drove home. And... uh, um, this lady, however, in Queensland who was riding her horse, she was more than four times over the limit, which is not safe. You know, for her yeah, or the horse or as, other people on the road. As it turns out, it's just as illegal to ride drunk as it is to, to drive, drive drunk. drunk. And so there's a warning to anybody who might think of doing such a thing. This is a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. Alcohol is a really bad idea to begin with. So is bean juice because I now have the hiccups. Stay tuned. We'll be back with a scheduling change. Very interesting. Filthy rags I offer them They're all I have Would you dare to touch My gaping sores Could you take me In your arms Could you Still call me yours Would you Accept such A messed up life When I've lived for myself Full of envy and could you bear to look on my dirty mind? Will you make it pure and whole? Could it be your home? I could make it and exposed to the one who knows all I am. With every soul stain I chose, I'm wretched, ashamed, and broken. There are no facades I'm done running from God Would 
Welcome back to Faith of M Australia. <clears throat> You're here on The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon. And I have another clue for you from the quiz. This is a what book am I quiz. So we already know it's one of 66, book, 66 books of the Bible. And the third clue today is this. With 1,151 verses, I am the longest book in the New Testament. 1,151 verses, longest book in the New Testament. If you know what book that is, give me a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Do you know what it is, Lyle? Most fascinating. Yes. Ah, okay. Okay, good. I was wondering if you'd figure it out. Now, today we have a little bit of a scheduling change because we have a very interesting guest interview coming up, but our guest could only be interviewed after 8 o'clock. So, we've switched around. He's on, he's on the road right he's, now. He's on the road right now. And we now. don't want him to have an accident. We don't want, we, we want to take care of him. Mm-hmm. So, we're just going to uh, do a little scheduling change. So we're going to have our encounter with God now, and after the 8 o'clock news, we will have our guest interview where we usually have our encounter with yeah, God. Yeah. So, if you usually run out of time in whatever you're doing and miss the encounter with God section of the show, you get to have it today and you get to realize on about what the, all of the the good Bible studies you've been missing yes. out on. Yes, yeah, because this has actually been a really great study. And I think it's going to be a little bit sad because you're, this is your last morning for a while with us. So we're going to continue um, through our study pamphlet, our, our study guide. Mm-hmm. And I think you're probably going to miss m- the rest of it. Yeah, oh, when, do you get, when do you get back? Uh, the 27th. I'll be back on the... 
Yes, back on the 27th. You'll get the last two. No, I'll be back on the 28th. I'll be here on the 28th doing radio, sitting in this chair, giving you a hard time and making you drink bean juice. (laughs) You'll get the last two days, the last two chapters of the book. That's, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's not bad. Yeah. You get to wind it up. But anyway, for those of you maybe maybe unfamiliar, you can join us now. Uh, join a movement of 20 million people around the world who get together every day to study the same passage of the Bible. And of course, the passage of the Bible that we have been studying is Revelation 12, 13, and 14 this week. So we have been having a solid breakfast. And we do we do that. Three million of us do that by uh, getting a copy of the same study guide. It's a bit like you know when a book becomes like the bestseller, it becomes the bestseller because everyone's read the same book. So we're all reading the same study guide. And if you'd like to get a copy of this study guide, uh, just give us a call here. We can sort that out for you. It's one eight hundred Faith FM is our number, and we will get a copy of it to you. Um, it comes every uh, a new one every three months. Yeah. So this one's called Preparation for the End Time. It's all about. Revelation, which is Lyle's favourite. Absolutely. Along with uh, Daniel. Yes. All right. So where are we up to? Revelation chapter 14, I think it is. And we are supposed to be looking at verses 9 and 10. If you could read those for us, please. Revelation, which is the very last book of the Bible. So easy to find. Chapter 15 or chapter 14? 14. Verses? 9 and 10. 9 and 10. <coughs> then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand, must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath, and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. Oh, mm. That's some strong language right there. I tell you what, this is why the book of Revelation is so interesting. It's got all this stuff happening. And God is not holding back when it comes to Revelation. He's just putting it right out there. And it's yeah. like, you know, action this packed. Action packed. Okay, so here's an interesting question. If this is, and this is the only place, this is the only place in the Bible where wrath is poured out undiluted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's poured out on those who worship, and the key here is worship um, the, uh, the beast, false prophet, the mm-hmm. image to the beast. Mm-hmm. So my question is this. Is God going to give this kind of a warning and then not reveal to us exactly who the beast is? And the reason I say this is very, very simple. Have you ever noticed that Christians are constantly speculating as to who the identity of the beast is? Oh, I've heard so many variations of the answer to that. Yes, and it's all, every, every US president that comes along. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, you know, in, in my era of studying uh, Bible prophecy, um, George Bush, the first one, mm-hmm. Um, Clinton, Bush the second, um, Obama, of course, Donald Trump. That kind of goes without saying. Uh-huh. Um, they've all been labelled as being the Antichrist. Quite a few Russians have been labelled as the Antichrist. Yeah, yep. Stalin has, mm-hmm. uh, Putin has. Um, who else has been labelled as being the Antichrist? Uh, Gaddafi has been. Uh, Saddam Hussein. Yep, Saddam Hussein is the big one that I've heard a yeah, lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bin Laden. Um, oh, and it can go on and on and on. ISIS now. Yeah, ISIS, mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. And so what it seems is that every time a bad guy pops up in the world. Yeah. Now, let's say every time a bad guy pops up that is bad in the eyes of the Western world. Yeah, yeah. He gets, and usually if he's bad in the eyes of the Western world, he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets labeled as being the Antichrist. Do you think that the Antichrist is going to be obviously bad? No. That would kind of defeat the purpose, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because if Satan is going to come and try and deceive the whole world, Mm -hmm. 
You know, the whole world was not deceived by Saddam Hussein. The whole world right now is not scratching their heads and thinking, you know what, maybe we should go and worship Kim Jong-un. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, because it seems that these people are bad guys. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you know, that's what we see in the media and so uh, uh, that's what we're, our assumption is. And so you're never going to deceive the whole world with a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And Jesus gives us a clue in relationship to this. If we go over to uh, Thessalonians, let's go over to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. Now, of course, the the Antichrist will be bad. I'm not saying that he's going to be, well, it's going to be some good aspects. I'm going to show you why. Mm -hmm. 2 Thessalonians, yep. He's going to be rotten to the core, but not obviously so. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and let's go down to verse 3. Be interested to see how your modern translation translates verse 3. Don't be fooled by what they say, for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. Okay, listen to what it says here. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day will not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. That's a very specific phrase right there, the son of perdition. Mm, Mine has footnotes where it says the man of sin, and then it also has the son of destruction, but not the the son of perdition. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because there is only one person in the Bible who is called the son of perdition, and your translation, of course, would call it the son of destruction. That's right, yeah. Okay, so it's going to be the same individual both ways, but there's only one individual that's called the son of perdition. Do you know who it is? Mm, And this is actually a direct reference to this particular person. It's either the devil or Jesus, right? No. No. Who is it? Judas. Judas? What? Judas is called the son of perdition. Why is he called the son of perdition? A petition is a really bad thing. Um, it's destruction, deceit, all that kind of stuff um, mixed in together. Okay, so when we when we've got if we've got Judas here as the son of perdition, and the Bible says that the man of sin—that's another uh, name of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man of sin is also known as the son of perdition. Then we can we know that we can learn some things from Judas. Mm-hmm. If we look at Judas, we'll get an understanding of the Antichrist. Okay, so let me. T- uh, who was Judas? Tell me about Judas. So Judas was one of the twelve disciples. Although okay, no, stop there for a okay. He was one of those who were yeah. closest to Jesus. Yeah, but not chosen by Jesus. Interestingly enough, okay, chosen by the other disciples. Chosen. He was recommended by the other disciples. They were like, hey, why was Jesus, he recommended? Well, because you know he he had um he had education and he was like you know higher up in society and had some skills and stuff and uh-huh. so the disciples were like, hey Jesus, check and this reputation. dude out. Had a good reputation. Yep. Yeah. And control and, and was the accountant for the group, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and was constantly helping the poor. Yeah, yeah, you know, because when people helped, yeah, the, he when, they, when they helped the poor, he looked good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so he was he was obviously if the other disciples chose him, they would have chosen him because he was somebody who appeared to be very, very godly. He had a good resume. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and so they're like Jesus. We need to have this 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 guy as a part of the twelve disciples. Mm-hmm. Comes with some great references. Yeah, and, and he's a really godly man. Mm-hmm. They were the disciples would not have you know um, accepted him or anything like that if he had not appeared to be a very very godly man. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so Judas turns up 
and he appears to be very, very godly. So, so this is what tells us a number of things. Um, he was a part of the inner circle of the followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking for the Antichrist, you're looking for the good guy who's a part of the inner circle who appears to be very, very godly and is always helping the poor. Mm-hmm. You're not looking for the bad guy. The bad guy is not the Antichrist. If we're looking for the bad guy, we're going to be deceived. And almost universally, Christians are looking for the bad guy when it comes to the subject of the Antichrist. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so let's not be looking at the bad guy. Let's look for the deceiver. And the only way that we're actually going to find out who the deceiver is, is by knowing our Bibles inside out, back to front and upside down. What are you? Are you are you cheating again, Mon? Uh, dude, I need some sort of tea. Like this, I feel so pukey after that bean juice. I got oh, bu- I got bubbles coming up. I just I feel like vomiting. So wuss. <laughs> I'm making a cup of herbal tea. And you had like what? A little a drop on the end of your. I tongue. had at least this is like the story, guys. You need to understand. <laughs> you need to understand this. This was like the story of the rich man and Lazarus. You can read that in Luke chapter 16, where uh, the, 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 the rich man was you know, burning in hellfire and thought that was terrible, so he wanted a drop of water on the tip of his tongue. Yeah, such a drama and, and, lover. And, 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 and Mon put a drop of bean juice on the tip of her tongue while I drank the glass of Dry. Do not be deceived, dear listener, real, by this real Judas man. who real, looks real, real, real man. <laughs> real man can drink. All you need juice. to do is study it out for yourself. Go to our Insta story. You'll see the whole thing where I drink way more than a drop. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a drop. It okay. was a drop. Oh, I'm so happy I have to have. Go tea. check out the Insta story and, and 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 text me if you think I'm wrong. <laughs> because I'm not. Whatever, Trevor. Yeah, now I've got to have tea. Oh, <coughs> we feel so sorry for you. All right. <laughs> Where were we up to? So we're talking about the uh, issue of the Antichrist and the issue of worship. We know this. Mm-hmm. The issue of worship is central to Revelation 12, 13 and 14. It, it is the issue in these three chapters. Yeah. And you're not going to get the world, the whole world, to worship Kim Jong-un. Yeah, no. Nah. It's not going to happen. No. Nah. You know, you get some people in Korea who have sort of grown up that way mm-hmm. and they've never known any different. They're brainwashed that way. They're brainwashed mm-hmm. that way and, yeah, that might happen, but it's never going to happen for the rest of the world. Nope. Because he is seen as being a bad guy. All right, so we know that we're looking for a good guy right here. Let's let's just review very quickly the issue of worship as we find it here in these chapters. Mon, can you read for us Revelation 13, verse 3 and 4, please? Yes, indeed. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. They worshipped the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worshipped the beast. Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed. Who is able to fight against him? Okay, so this issue of worship is coming up. You've got twice right there. Uh, Verse 8. Verse 8 also says, if I can find it, and all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. Okay, that little do. Uh, go down to verse 12. Verse 12. He exercised all the authority of the first beast, and he required all the earth and its people to worship the first that beast. Lou. Go down to verse 16. 15. Fifteen. He then he was then permitted to give life to this statute so that he could speak. Then the statute of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. 
Okay, so it's worship. A lot of worship, worship, worship. going now, on. I walked into this studio and I introduced myself. You know, oh, my name's Lyle mm-hmm. and, and, and this is Mon. Mm-hmm. And, and then I said that four times in the space of uh, 12, 15 sentences. You would get the impression mm-hmm. that we did not want you to forget what our names were. Yeah. Yeah, you would you would definitely get that impression, and yet here we have this issue of worship coming up four times in twelve verses. God is trying to emphasize the point right here, and mm. then of course you go on into chapter fourteen, which is a continuation, and you've got the hundred forty four thousand they are worshiping God, um, and then you come down to the three angels' messages and worship Him for the hour of His judgment has come, and then you go down to verse nine. The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, "If any man worship the beast in his image, it's just worship, 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 worship." Worship all the way through. It is all about worship. So we need to dig a little bit deeper into this issue of worship and find out, you know, what is it that is really going on here and what is what really is worship? Mm. Okay, so let's go over to uh, Reve- uh, uh, um, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. <coughs> and we read this. We read this a couple of days ago. We're going to read it again because it's a really important passage. It, it, it's very revealing when it comes to the issue of worship. Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Okay, let's stop there before we go any further. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. Which is a, is a simple way of saying not everybody who proclaims the name of Christ. Yeah. Not everybody who calls on the name of Jesus, not everybody who, who calls himself a Christian is going into heaven. Who is it, the Bible says, is going into heaven? Those who actually do the will of my Father. So once again, it's that theme of action speaking louder than words. Exactly. They do instead of just speaking, instead of just proclaiming. Exactly. Okay, so let's say that, um, let's say we've got... Uh, um, uh, let's let's pick on let's pick on the boss, shall we, Nick? Mm-hmm. Yes, yep, Nick. And let's say <clears> that um, uh, I'll pick on you. Okay, go on. Let's say that you tell me what to do one thing, and Nick tells me to do the other. Mm-hmm. And I say, yes, Mon, I will do exactly what you say. Mm-hmm. But then I actually do what the boss says, mm-hmm. which is probably the right thing to do mm-hmm. if I want to keep my job. Mm-hmm. Um, then. My actions are showing where my allegiance is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if I do it the other way around, let's say that Nick says to do something and I say, yeah, I'll do that. And then you say to do something and I do what you say in contradiction to what Nick said, then Nick's Nick- not going to be very happy about that because I have shown that my allegiance is not to the boss. My allegiance is to the co-host. So Nick will feel usurped yeah. by me. Absolutely, uh-huh. because it's not what I say. It's what I do that reveals where my allegiance is. And when it comes to worship, it's your actions that reveal who you worship. Mm-hmm. And this is why obedience is the highest form of worship, because the, you know, worship is the total giving of yourself to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, obedience is the highest form of worship. And that's why obedience is so important. Yeah. We seem to think, you know, oh, whatever. We're not kids anymore. Obedience has become a dirty word in Christianity. Have you I know. noticed that? It's like, yeah. what, what's up with that? Yeah. You know, does God suddenly want us to be disobedient? 
Yeah. You know, the moment you start talking about obedience, Christians get all bent out of shape. Oh, that's works, 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 works. It's not salvation by works. We do these things because we love God. I was doing a fine job of being disobedient before I came to God. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to come to God so that I could continue being disobedient. Mm. I needed to come to God so that my life could be changed, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ so that I could become obedient to what God says. And I think it's not just uh, within Christianity anymore. I think it's also just a culture, um, you know, on a global scale, you know, this whole like, don't tell me what to do. I need to be true to myself. I need to follow my own heart yeah. instead of, you know, the, the concept that. of being obedient to someone Good luck or to something that. doesn't sound appealing anymore to people because they're yeah. like, no, i got to be, you know, got to be true to myself. We're surrounded by people whose lives are train wrecks and the reason their lives are train wrecks is because they're true to themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be true to myself. I want to be true to Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, mm-hmm. myself is what gets me into trouble all the time. Oh, amen. And if I can, if I can die to self... Mm-hmm. then I have achieved the greatest thing because um, self is out of the picture and I can now be true to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Um, we're going to have a look at um, not just what worship means, but we're also going to have a look at who we should be worshipping. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not the Antichrist. Let's keep reading here in this passage as uh, in Matthew chapter 7. Why don't you read for us verse 22 and 23? So Matthew 22, sorry, 7, 22 and 23 says, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many, many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Okay, so if you see people who actually are doing miracles in the name of Jesus, and this happens, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's many television evangelists out there where you can see miracles taking place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't deny that the the miraculous is there. Does that prove that that television evangelist is somebody who serves God? No, not in the least. No. What is it that proves where a person's allegiance is? Well, their obedience. Their yeah. obedience to God. Mm-hmm. That's that is the issue. You know, how are they living their life? Are they living their life like Jesus, mm-hmm. or are they living their life um, like you know some? Uh, you know, just and this is why it's wealthy. important to know the Bible because they'll tell you that they're being obedient and that they're following Christ, but you need to know the Bible to know for sure whether or not people actually are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have somebody's calling through, but we have a, not quite enough time, so we're going to put them on hold for now and come back to them in our third section of our encounter with God. This is a good song. This is Anna Laura with Abide in Me. It's a beautiful song. Have a meditation of the lyrics, Abide in Me, and have a think about your own obedience and, and your heart and whether or not you just proclaim God or whether or not God actually abides in you. Just for you Abide 
You are listening to Anna Laura with Abide With Me here on Faith FM. This is our Encounter with God section, which is coming through at an earlier schedule than normal so that we can accommodate our interview for the day, who is on the road right now. And uh, Mon, we were just talking about our boss mm, on air. We were. We were. Did he, we say anything mean about him? I don't think we did, did I we? I hope not, because he just called. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, welcome to the show. Good morning, team. It is so good to be listening to you all the way out from Armadale this morning. Fantastic, Nick. Now, uh, tell me, Nick, are you freezing to death in Armadale this morning? Absolutely. I went for my morning jog this morning and I almost thought it was snowing. You couldn't see the rain, but you came back into the hotel and you were drenched. Do you know what you need, Nick? A nice big glass of bean juice. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> Followed we- by a nice hot cup of herbal tea. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll save you some. I'll put it in the staff fridge. <laughs> uh, Nick, you'd like to talk to us about <laughs> obedience. What's, what's, your, what's your thoughts in relationship hey, to obedience? Look, just on that, uh, Lyle, a couple of things. First of all, the fact that you are leaving us for a little while. Did you put through your leave request? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, think, I, th- I think we have th- had this conversation, Nick. <laughs> there's a, there's a text message there somewhere. <laughs> but on a serious note, guys, um, hey, look, some, some of us uh, totally understand and accept what you're saying. It is important to be obedient, especially to the Word of God. But God often calls us to be obedient to our parents. And some of us have been brought up uh, outside of. Um, things that you're, you're teaching and sharing with us in the Bible, and we've been brought up in, in a traditional type of um, Christian upbringing that sounds like it's contradicting some of the things that you're sharing. Are we meant to be obedient to our parents all the way through? And what happens when what our parents teach us and would like us to do contradicts what the Bible is telling us to do? Yeah, that's a great point you've raised mm, there because one of the commandments is to honour your father and mother. Now, honour does not always, honouring your parents doesn't, you know, sometimes the best way you can honour your parents, and very, very rarely I should say, but the, sometimes the best way you can honour your parents is by being true to God first and foremost in your life. Well, that's always the best way to honour your parents, but sometimes that will um, that cuts across um, you know what your parents' traditions might might be. There's a really good example of this in the Bible, Nick, um, in Acts chapter seven, where you had a group of people who were very very much concerned about honouring their parents and honouring the traditions of their parents. And uh, Stephen the uh, apostle actually addressed this in verse fifty one, and he called them stiff necked, which was strong language. Uh, because he says, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Um, which is an old English way of saying, look, you're doing exactly the same thing. You're just doing, you're following the traditions of your parents and you need to be following Jesus Christ. And so the issue of worship, of course, is who you put first in your life, where your ultimate allegiance is. And if God says to do one thing and you say, yes, I'm a follower of God, then if you follow your parents in contradiction to God, then the person who is actually highest in your life is your parents and you've made your parents God. You're actually worshipping your parents rather than worshipping God. And so God should always come first, um, you know, even when sometimes that can uh, cut across traditions. And what I found is that, um, you know, from my own experience, and the experience of you know many other people that I've met, if you treat your parents with absolute Christian regard and biblical honour, they will come to see that you are actually honouring them by honouring God. 
That's, that's fantastic. I'm currently um, doing some studies with um, two really good friends of mine. They're Muslim. And uh, we, we come to the point where they actually acknowledge and realize that, that Jesus is God. Yeah. Which is amazing, by the way. Yeah, praise God. And uh, that's something fantastic. that is very rare, actually. But they have a huge problem. Oh, it sounds like we lost Nick. Oh, Where did Nick, Nick go? I think he got cut off by the, the sound uh, of it. The line just went dead. Well, if we can get Nick back, we'll hear the rest of that story. That was a really good testimony, it is, too. It yeah. is also a very good point, actually. This is one that um, several of my friends struggle with in, in honouring their parents and knowing, I guess, where to draw the line. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we do have to... And it particularly comes from these cultures. I should start with yeah, everybody. It comes from certain cultures. There are certain cultures that place a much higher mm. uh, importance on honouring your parents than what we do here in Australia. And so as Australians, we tend to struggle with it because we're like, we're, we're raised to be independent. That's right. Yeah. That's our culture is to, uh, um, you know, we, we value independence. Now, if our, kids, if our kids don't become independent from us, they've, they've failed to launch. Uh, Nick, have we got you back there again? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah well, you dropped out there for a second and, and you were just in the middle of telling us about some uh, yeah, friends of yours that you're studying with there. that were... Uh, as, as I was sharing, is it still okay for me to share? Or yeah, yeah go, go, for it, go, go, go for it. As I was sharing, so these guys have come to understand and accept that, that Jesus is in fact God, which is amazing, by the way, mm. but they have a huge problem. You see, their, their faith is part of their life. It's not simply a religion or thing that they do once a week or from time to mm. time. It's, mm-hmm. it's part of their life, and as a result, um, their parents have certain expectations on them. So the biggest dilemma they have right now is, how do we do life with our parents, with our brothers and sisters, with our cousins and family, now that we've understood this thing? Um, is it that important? Is it that important that we l- live out the truth that we have, despite losing our entire, you know, the people who have looked after us since we we're children, who who have loved us and sacrificed much for us? Yeah. How do you separate love from you know religion, yeah, absolutely, and it's one of those things where and that is a dilemma, to be yeah. honest. And I think we need to, mm. um, uh, you know, provide some, I guess, some testimonies and some stories and how people are managing through these very difficult scenarios because it's very real. Yeah, you and I have the privilege of being brought up in a Christian home, and therefore sometimes the transition is not as difficult. But when you're talking about you know moving from from a Christian home from a, a Muslim home to a Christian home. Uh, or from an, a home where uh, families brought you up as an atheist and they become a Christian. These are extreme changes um, that, that you know needs to be considered and looked at. I don't think it's necessarily always a change. I think that often Christian parents, good intended Christian parents, can sometimes use the Bible in a, in a way of almost spiritual abuse and try and... Um, anyway, guys, I can't hear you. I hope uh, you're oh. having a wonderful day. Um, thinking of you guys, praying for you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Nick. Bye, Nick. And, uh, yeah, we're having some fun with our technology yeah. there this morning, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. But, Mon, you were saying that... Yeah, so I think us, um, even uh, parents, you know, who raise their kids in a Christian home can sometimes, you know, they might be well-intended, but they can, you know, use that, that you know, that commandment on their mother and father Um it's almost like a form of spiritual abuse to try and get their kids to do what they want them to do, um, which might not be what God has called the kids to become, to, the kids to do. So mm-hmm. it's not always just, you know, transitioning from one uh, religion or one faith. But it can be within the Christian realm as well. And some of these cultures, the religion is more embedded. Mm. You know, um, I think of South Pacific culture where Christianity is deeply embedded and Middle Eastern culture where Islam is deeply embedded. And if you're moving from that, you're not just moving from uh, you know, one religion to another, and oh, okay, I'll go to go to this different church down the street. Um, it's a matter of you're moving from the culture, you are moving from the family, you are you are turning your back on 
everything that you know defines who you are and and that's just and that's massive and so you know very quickly in you know there, there is no perfect solution mm. god does call us to follow him yeah. and that it, it does involve a cross and it does involve sacrifice mm-hmm. but at the same times there's there's many parts of our culture and our family um and you know even our past religion that are not wrong that's you know right. th- th- there's 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 um there's nothing morally wrong about many of the things that are practiced they're not against the Bible, and so you know we don't need to necessarily just throw everything out. And you know, because you'd be going from Islam to Christianity, mean that you're going to become Western. Mm-hmm. You know, just because Christianity is a Western thing, oh, I'm going to become a Westerner. No, that's not what it's about. Um, you can maintain your culture, you can maintain many of your religious practices uh, that are not against the Bible, and I think it's important to maintain as many of those as possible to make the transition um, as as honouring as possible. We'll be back after the news. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh Day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh yeah, how? Well, it's worshiping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m. Service at 11 a.m. And guess what? That's followed by. Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. <laughs> well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh Day Adventist Church. Our address is 105. Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. 